the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let's read some verses from Second Peter, chapter one, starting from verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, when we know God and His Son Jesus Christ, grace and peace will be multiplied. Verse 3, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. So when we know God and the Holy Trinity, then we will receive everything pertaining to life and to godliness. We will receive everything pertaining to godliness and life through the knowledge of Him, through the knowledge of the Holy Trinity. Right? Verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world through lust. So when we receive everything pertaining to life and godliness, three things will happen. Great and precious promises Number two, partakers of the divine nature. Number three, escaping from the corruption that's in the world. Based on this, verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Eight graces. Verse 8. For if these things, these eight graces, are yours and abound, you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, when I have these eight things and abound, this means my knowledge of God is fruitful. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What about those who don't have these eight graces? For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, myopia, even to blindness, blind, and has forgotten that he has cleansed from his old sins, spiritual amnesia. Therefore, Brethren, be even more diligent to make your call an election sure. God called you and elected you, but you have a role to make your call and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Through the knowledge of God, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. Not only that, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you enter the kingdom, you will enter, you know, abundantly. Your entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, based on this, I like to speak to you today about growing in knowledge of Christ. Because our growing in knowledge of God, the Holy Trinity. Because as you saw in this passage, the word knowledge actually is repeated several times. And here, I am not speaking about intellectual knowledge. But I'm speaking about the experiential knowledge. Especially many of us, from since our childhood, we came every Sunday to the church. We attended Sunday school. We partake of the communion every week. Boys are deacons, and they serve in the altar, and they serve in the church. Youth are three servants, and then they are Sunday school servants. Some of us are in the choir. And in spite of all these, sometimes we are very, very poor spiritually. We make poor choices. We live ungodly life. We are completely drifted away from God. So, how can we reconcile these two pictures? I am very involved in the life of the church. But in the same time, I'm very far from God. I'm living ungodly life. How can you reconcile this? You know, the answer to this question, because church for us is just an activity. It is not a relationship with God. It is activity. As I go and play sports activity, as I go to music classes and maybe partake in some choir, it's just activity. And as I go to library and read, so the same way activity. So many of us, we see the church and our relationship with God is just an activity. It is not a relationship. The knowledge here, the word knowledge means there is the relationship. Even in the scripture, when they speak about the very, very intimate relationship between a husband and wife, they call it knowledge. And Adam knew his wife and they begot Cain. So, the word knowledge in the scripture means a relationship. And in this chapter, St. Peter told us about the importance of having this knowledge. Of God. So, and, and by the way, St. Peter, this is the last letter he wrote it before his departure. In the same chapter, in verse 14, he said, Knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. My tent means my body. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things before my decease, before my death, before my martyrdom. So, 
these commandments that we read together like the final commandments of St. Peter before his martyrdom. So what is the final commandment? What he said actually here, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in uh, the last verse in this letter, in chapter 3, verse 18, the last letter in this verse, like the very, very, very final commandment of St. Peter, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So that is the last words, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, number one, what it means to grow in the knowledge of Jesus? What does this mean, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus? To grow in the knowledge of Jesus means to develop these eight graces. What the eight graces? In chapter 1, verse 5, he said, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. So, to grow in the knowledge means to have and to develop these eight graces. Let us define each grace quickly. Faith. Faith is the conviction, the strong assurance, the confidence. Then you add to faith virtue. Virtue is the goodness, how to be excellent. And to add to virtue knowledge, the knowledge is the correct insight, the correct understanding, the correct interpretation of the scripture. And to knowledge self-control, self-control means self-discipline. And to add to self-discipline, perseverance. Perseverance means bearing up under trials, to be patient, long-suffering under trials. And to add to perseverance, godliness. Godliness is the internal godly character out of devotion to God. I devoted my life to God, so internally I am a fearer of God. Then add to godliness, brotherly kindness, which love to one another. And then add to brotherly kindness, love, which is the active goodwill toward the other, charitable uh, and deeds toward others. I want you to notice when St. Peter spoke about these eight graces, he used the word abound, abound. Verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound. So, when we are growing and abounding in these eight graces, then I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? As I told you, the word knowledge is not intellectual knowledge. But when I acquire these graces 
in my life, then I will be transformed into Christ-likeness. And when I am transformed to Christ-likeness, I'll be in union with God. Because there is no fellowship between light and darkness. So in order to have fellowship with God, I need to grow in these eight graces. If I'm not growing, then I have, don't have fellowship. And if I don't have fellowship, then there is no knowledge. So, the more we grow in these graces, the more we know the Lord himself. Because I will be in fellowship. And I want also to notice the word add in verse 5. Add to your faith virtue. Add meaning what? Add mean like supply, provide. So this word add suggests that each grace work in harmony with others. Doesn't work in itself. Add to. If we understand why St. Peter mentioned these eight graces, it will be very easy for you to remember these eight graces. Let's try to understand. Number one, he said, add to faith. Faith, all of us who are Christian, all of us, we believe in God. All of us, we trust God. But you need to add to faith virtue. Virtue means good work. Because, as St. James said, faith without work is what? Is death. So, if you have faith, well, St. James said, even the demons believe. So, what will make difference between our faith and the faith of the demons is virtue. That what differentiate between the faith of the demons and our faith. That's why we need to add to our faith virtue. But virtue needs discernment, needs wisdom, needs knowledge. St. Anthony the Great said, any virtue, you practice it without discernment, can turn into a vice. For example, you are growing in fasting or in prayer. So, you fast in a way unwise. Or you, you pray too, too much to the extent you neglected your school, you neglected your college, you neglected your family, you neglected yourself. Because you, according to your knowledge, according to your understanding, you want to grow in prayer, you want to grow in fast. This is wrong. It can turn into a vice. Giving, for example. You give and you support somebody, and at the end you find this person take your money and buy the drugs. Then it's not a virtue, although you are giving. That's why St. Peter said, Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, discernment, right? Follow Hassan Ma'aluk, so, So add to your faith what? Mm, add to your faith virtue and to the virtue knowledge. knowledge. Then 
With the knowledge, you need to add self-control. Why? In order to practice any virtue, you need to be disciplined. For example, if you want to pray, you need to be disciplined to wake up in the morning early before you go to college or to go to school to pray. For example, if you want to grow in, in a virtue like love toward others, you need to force yourself to forgive and to go and to help your enemy, love your enemy. If he's unhungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him drink. So in general, any virtue needs self-discipline. That's why he said, add to your faith, mm, add to your faith, and to the virtue, and to the knowledge, self-control. Then, maybe, as most of us will do in January 1st with the new year, we make resolutions. And then we discipline ourselves until January 3rd. And then, خلاص, we forget about the resolutions. We'll wait until next year. So, with self-control, you need to do what? Perseverance. Perseverance. To continue in self-discipline. To continue in controlling yourself. يعني some of us مثلا will start fasting the 55 days. وبعد مثلا one week ولا 10 days oh this uh, father 45 days so he breaks his fast. So he did not persevere to keep the self-discipline. عشان كده he said an add to self-control perseverance. يبقى add to your faith and to virtue and to knowledge and self-control okay but what will make you persevere when internally you have the fear of God internally you are a godly person so this godliness within you will make you persevere without this godliness it will be a challenge to persevere and to bear up under all trials. That's why he said, an end to perseverance, godliness. Add to your faith, and to virtue, and to knowledge, and self-control, and perseverance. This godliness will be expressed with my brothers and sisters in the church and also with my enemies. My brother and sister in the church, we call it brotherly kindness. I'll be kind to one to my brethren in the church. That's why it's called the brotherly. The word brother in the scripture means believers like me. So I need to add to this godliness within me to be kind to one another, to my brothers and sisters in the church. And to the outsiders, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. So we need to show love to those who are outsiders. That's why he said, add to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So, 
We need to add. And here is a question to you. Are you adding to your faith? When I tell you, what's your religion? What's your faith? Can I tell me Christian? I'm Coptic Orthodox. Good. That's number one. Are you adding? Or you are not adding? If you are not adding, then you don't know God. That's what St. Peter said. If you are not adding every day, and these things are abounding, are yours and abounding in you, then you don't know God. So add to your faith, virtue unto the knowledge. Add to your faith, unto the virtue, unto the knowledge, self-control, unto the self-control, and to perseverance, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. To brotherly kindness, love. See, when you understand the logic behind it, it will be easy to memorize it, because you understand the logic behind it. So, St. Peter wants us to know and to acquire these virtues. But these virtues need what? Need, in order to acquire them, need diligence. The word diligence is repeated twice. In verse 5, but also for this very reason, what's the very reason? To know God. Giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue and to the virtue knowledge. Then he repeats the word diligence again in verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. God called all of us. God elected all of us. It's in your hand to make it sure or to be dropped from the calling and be dropped from the election. So, when we keep these eight graces, then you are making your core and election sure, but you need to be more diligent. More diligent. The word diligence means zeal, means earnestness, means sometimes with haste. You do it with haste. Now we know how to grow in the knowledge by acquiring these virtues with diligence, these eight graces with diligence. What I am going to benefit from growing in the knowledge? Why I am growing in the knowledge? Especially it needs diligence, it needs perseverance, it needs self-discipline. Why should I do all of this to myself? St. Peter told us there are many reasons, at least five reasons, why we should grow in the knowledge. The first reason, grace and peace are multiplied. As we read in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. So you will not just give, get the grace and peace together. No. When you know God, through these eight graces, grace and peace will be multiplied. Grace means the favor that God gives to us based on His love, 
based on his mercy, not based on our worthiness. Why God favors us? Because he is a loving God. Because his mercy is great. Not because we deserve it. And peace, this will be the natural result of God's grace. My heart will be full of peace. Even in the midst of this world that's full of trial and tribulations, but I will have peace. So if you desire the grace and peace to be multiplied, you need to know Christ. You need to know the Holy Trinity. And let me tell you, without these, without the grace and peace, our life will be so difficult. Because without the grace of God, you cannot do anything. You will not be successful in anything. The Lord told, without me, you can do nothing. We read about Joseph and the Lord was with him. That's why everything he does, he was successful. Definitely, we cannot live without the grace of God. And peace. I'm sure you look around, you see people are suffering from anxiety, stress, panic attack, post-traumatic stress disorder, personality disorder, all these things. Why? Lack of peace. Lack of peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Lack of the peace of God which protect and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But when I know God and I know the Holy Trinity, the peace and the grace will be multiplied to me. Will be multiplied every day to me. I will be growing in peace and growing in the grace. That's the first reason. The second reason, when I know the Holy Trinity, I will get all things pertaining to life and godliness. As you read in verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. So, through the knowledge, I will have access to everything pertaining to life and godliness. Which life? Speaking about spiritual life here and eternal life. Ungodliness is the fear of God inside me that will be reflected in my behavior and my conduct. Some of us, we say, I'm struggling to live pure. I'm struggling to overcome anger. I'm struggling to overcome sexual immorality. I'm struggling. You know why you are struggling? Because you don't know God. If you know God, you will be provided with all things pertaining to spiritual life and to godliness. So, godliness will be easy through his knowledge. A spiritual life will be easy through the knowledge of God. You will have access to the fullness of the divine power. 
and you will enjoy the promises of God as he said in verse 4 by which have been giving to us exceedingly great and precious promises some of us who say God promised us to answer our prayer what I'm not enjoying this promise God promised us to do this why basically because I don't know him he is willing to fulfill every single promise but if I kicked him outside my life I put him outside my heart and keep him knocking on my heart how can I blame him for not fulfilling his promises toward me he wants to fulfill his promises and by this as we read in verse 4 we will escape from the corruption that is in the world through lust you will have the power to escape from the corruption and in eternal life to be partakers of the divine nature to have the true fellowship the intimate relationship with God to be one with him as the Lord said in John chapter 17 so through the knowledge of God you will have access to all things pertaining to life and godliness you will have access to the fullness of the divine power you will enjoy his, his great and precious promises you will be partakers of divine nature and you will be protected from the corruption that's in the world number three why we should know Christ why we should know God or to look number one because grace and peace will be multiplied number two all things pertaining to life and godliness will be provided to you number three you will avoid spiritual myopia and spiritual amnesia these are the medical terms myopia short-sightedness amnesia forgetfulness he said in verse 9 for he who lacks these things the eight virtues is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins what does this mean short-sighted means he doesn't see what is the ultimate goal of being a Christian if you ask yourself right now what is the ultimate goal of being a Christian if your answer is to be saved I will tell you that's a right answer but not perfect answer because there is ultimate goal beyond your salvation maybe in our mind how to يعني, all what we care about how to escape from the fire of hell but this is not the ultimate goal the ultimate goal and you will know this you will experience it you will feel it the ultimate goal is to be one with God a girl living in a very very dysfunctional family dysfunctional and abusive family and 
she start to know a boy. So the goal of the boy is to marry her and to be on with her, to enjoy their life together as one. But her ultimate goal, how to be saved from this dysfunctional and abusive family. She doesn't care about being one with this group. Many times that is our case with the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to be one with him. He wants to enter into fellowship with us. He's the bridegroom. As he said in, in John chapter 17, the ultimate goal is to be one, to have fellowship with our Trinity. But many times we are like this girl, our ultimate goal is how to escape from the lake of fire. Then, as I told you, there is no relationship with God. There is no knowledge. There is no intimacy with God. Because our ultimate goal is to be delivered from the lake of fire. And that's it. And then we love God. Where is this love? If this girl said to that boy, all what I care about to be delivered from this abusive and dysfunctional family, but I don't care to be one with you or not. Where is the love here? That's what St. Peter meant by short-sighted. The person will be short-sighted, even to the blindness. And the spiritual amnesia is the failure to, and the forgetfulness, why you are redeemed by the blood of Christ. As he said, and he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Why God cleanses you from old sins? Why? Actually, St. Paul answers this question in Ephesians chapter 5. And by the way, that is the Purim letter that we read it in the crowning ceremony. In verse 26 or 25, he said, As Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Why? Why he is cleansing the church? That he might present to her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish as the bride of Christ. Christ would not marry a bride with blemish, but he wants his bride to be holy. So the cleansing is one step toward the ultimate goal, which is to be one with God, to fellowship with God. That's why St. Peter said, if you don't have these eight graces, means you don't have the knowledge of God, means you don't know why God has cleansed you. You forgot that you are cleansed from, his, from your old sins as a step toward the intimacy, the oneness, the unity, the fellowship with the Holy Trinity. What is the benefits of knowing God? Number one, 
grace and peace will be multiplied. Number two, all things pertaining to life and godliness will be provided. Number three, spiritual myopia and spiritual amnesia will be avoided. Number four, as I told you, five things. Number four, we will never stumble. He said this in verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. So if you are diligent to make your calling and election sure, and you abound in these eight graces, then you will never stumble. Stumble is different than sin. St. Peter did not say you will never sin, but he said you will never stumble. The word stumble means to fall into misery, to become rich, to lose hope of salvation and being in fellowship with God. So, he will never stumble means he will never fall in despair. He will never lose hope in salvation and being united with God. But you will have assurance that your call and your election is sure, is confirmed. So what is the benefit of knowing God? Number one, grace and peace will be multiplied. Number two, all things pertaining to life and godliness will be provided. Number three, spiritual myopia and amnesia avoided. Number four, we will never stumble. Number five, the last point, he said, an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. Abundant entrance into everlasting kingdom. As he said in verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does this mean, abundant entrance? Some people can be saved as just escaped from shipwreck or just escaped from fire. But abundant entrance means you will enter as in victory, in triumph. And there is a difference between a, a person, his life like in shipwreck, and then he was just delivered and saved, like the thief on the cross. Or a, another person like John the Beloved, all his life was God. So he entered abundantly. You know, in, in Egypt, there is a match after high school to go to college. The system is different than here in America. So the match, for example, if you want to go to medical school, your score should be like 95. If you want to pharmacy, will take like 93. Dentistry will take like 91, and so on. So, can you imagine a person just get 91, so he just entered dentistry. But a person 
scored 97 so when he entered into dental school he entered with abundance he's not just yani just scored the, the needed score to pass that's exactly what St. Peter meant when you are growing in these graces you will have abundant entrance into the everlasting life and here on earth you will be living victoriously in your life and you are anticipating what lies ahead for us that's what he meant an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom so these are the five benefits and reasons why we should grow in the knowledge of God because grace and peace are multiplied all things pertaining to life and godliness are provided spiritual myopia and amnesia will be avoided we will never stumble and an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom so ask yourself right now are these five reasons are enough to motivate you to make a decision right now to grow in the knowledge of the Holy Trinity it's your choice right now to grow in these graces so you will enter into a true knowledge of God or to choose to continue not having a relationship with God but just church for you is an activity that's why we have dual life I am so active in the church as just activity but I'm living a very ungodly life because we don't know God we don't get into this experiential knowledge to God that's why we need to remind ourselves that is actually the last commandment of Saint Peter before his martyrdom we need to remind ourselves to add to our faith add to your faith and to virtue and to knowledge and to self-control and I want you to memorize it. Try to understand the logic. Add your faith and the virtue and the knowledge. Self-control needs perseverance. Perseverance comes from godliness and to add to godliness and to brotherly kindness add to your faith and to virtue and to knowledge and to self-control and to perseverance and to godliness and to brotherly kindness may the Lord grant all of us to get into true knowledge of him so we will receive all these blessings glory be to God forever and ever amen